This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Go with me uh, to the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. And, and my custom is in Milwaukee is that if someone does not have the Bible or Bible app, is that you would be Christ-like and not churchy uh, and let him or her look on with you. Genesis chapter 12, uh, Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, my, my father's father. Uh, was born on a farm and uh, he was a countryman and he was born uh, in a place called Madison, Georgia. Uh, if you've ever been to Madison, Georgia, if you blink, you'll miss it. And so he was born, daddy, my daddy and my uh, grandfather and then all of his brothers and sisters were born on a little country farm uh, in Madison, Georgia. And every now and again, daddy would tell the story of how he would have to go to a well to get fresh water, but it was an old jacked up well on the outside. And so tonight I want to go to an old well to Grieve some fresh water in the book of Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. And when you've got Genesis chapter 12, let me know that you got it by saying, Preacher, I'm there. If you're not there, say, wait for me, wait for me. Amen. I love this is a Bible teaching church. Uh, the Bible puts it this way in Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 8. And I want to read out of the New Living Translation of the Bible. And this is the way my Bible reads. In verse 1 it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family. And Abram, go to a land that I will show you. He says in verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those, Abram, who bless you and I'm going to curse those who treat you with contempt. And all of the families on earth are going to be blessed to you, Abram. So Bible says in verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and the Bible says, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. And verse 5 says he took his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot and all of his wealth and his livestock and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and they headed towards the land of Canaan and when they arrived in Canaan Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem and there he set up camp in the oak of Moray and at that time the area was inhabited by Canaanites can the church say Canaanites then the Lord appeared to Abram and says, Abram, I'm going to give you this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar right there and dedicated it back to God because the Lord had appeared to him. Last verse, verse 8. And after that, the Bible says that Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. And there he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord and Abram worshiped the Lord. Do me a favor, look at your neighbor and smile at him. Give him one of them big Kool-Aid grins. Come on, smile at him. Come on, I said Kool-Aid. I said Kool-Aid. That's, that's grape juice. Give him one of them big Kool-Aid grins and say, neighbor, whatever you do, 
Don't miss what God wants you to do. Neighbor, the preacher needs your prayers. All of your amens. Tonight's sermon subject, this is the season to jump. Find you one more neighbor and says, neighbor, this is the season to jump. You can be seated in the very presence of our God. That this is the season to, to jump. This is the season to jump. The flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand and last forever. This is the season to jump. My brothers and sisters, I would that if you would keep your Bibles open and keep your Bible apps unlocked to an Old Testament book, an Old Testament uh, favorite of Genesis chapter 12. Brothers and sisters, saints and friends and visitors and first African, when we read Genesis chapter 12, we can't help but see God is calling Abram to do something unusual. Can the church say unusual? We see God calling Abram to do something unusual, and something unusual is something that has never ever been done before. Something unusual is when God tells you to do something that does not make any sense. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, Kevin, that God tells Abram, Abram, I want you to leave your family and your successful career and your hometown, and I want you to go to a place you've never ever been before. Can I just go ahead and submit something to you? your brothers and sisters, that it's easy to follow God when God tells you exactly where you're going. It's easy to trust God when you know how things are going to turn out on the other end. But can you still trust God when he's not giving you the play-by-play? -play? Can you still trust God when stuff ain't making no sense? Can you still trust God when stuff is not lining up? And sometimes I've discovered first African that we tend to forget that in order to get the blessings of God, we've also got to obey the instructions of God. I'm going to say it one more time. We tend to forget that in order to get the blessings of God, that we've got to obey the instructions of God. And this call in Genesis chapter 12, brothers and sisters, it is not a call on Abram to just do something different. No, this call on Abram was not just a call from Abram to move from one place to a new place. This call in Abram in Genesis chapter 12 was God telling Abram, Abram, this is the season of your life that you've got to jump. And I want to go ahead and suggest to you that if you're going to grow and mature in God, that if you're going to see God do some things in your life, then you've got to know when God got to move in the season that God tells you to move in. You've got to understand that God does not bless us when we're comfortable, but God blesses us when he stretches us. I'm going to say that one more time because somebody is being stretched on this week. God has been stretching you. He's been stretching your faith and been stretching your patience and been stretching your prayer life and you feel like sometimes God has forgotten about you. But I want to encourage you. God is not trying to damage you. God is trying to develop you. God ain't trying to take you out. God is trying to work on your character because where you are is not where he wants you to be. I want to suggest to you brothers and sisters that whenever God gets ready to bless you God will send something called irritation and frustration because God knows that if left up to you, you would move on your 
last day of the week. Now, some of y'all sitting there like, huh? Some of y'all sitting there like, oh, get it. All I'm trying to get you to understand that if you want God to do something he's never done before, then you've got to do something you've never done before. And I want to suggest to you, first African, that if you're going to jump and see God do some things in this present age, then you've got to learn how to follow the voice of God. You've got to learn how to begin to throw out the excuses and say, just because we've never seen it done before, don't mean that God can't do it. Last time I read my Bible, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says that my God can do exceedingly, I need some Bible readers here, abundantly above all that I can ask or that I can think. And I want to suggest to you, if you want to be more than just a Sunday morning pew member, if you want to be more than just a Bible study attendee, if you want to be more than just an usher or a deacon or a mother or a missionary, if you want to see God remix your life, then you got to understand God is trying to stretch you. Now, I know your neighbor, I know your neighbor ain't going to say amen, but you better not sit there like you've got all your stuff together. Don't you sit there looking sanctimonious like you've never done, like you've never seen and come short of the glory of God. The only reason God ain't killed your crazy self yet because he's got something for you to do. And how dare you sit there like you don't need him to do anything. Do I got any witnesses in here that can say, Pastor, I need God to do something in my life that he's never done before. And if you don't need him, your mama needs him. If you don't need him, baby, your children need him. And if you're going to get what God wants you to do, you've got to learn how to jump. And I want to suggest to you, brothers and sisters, that if when it's your season to jump, Genesis chapter 12 gives us some remedies, gives us some biblical things that we must master if we're going to jump. I'm in the Bible now because the first thing that you got to do when it's your season to jump, you got to number one, understand God's process. Betty, they didn't hear me on your roll huh? that when it's your time to jump, you got to understand God's process. Pastor, what is God's process? It's right there in verse 1. Notice that when God speaks to Abram, he does not give Abram all of the details. What does he say, Abram? He says, Abram, I want you to leave where you are and go to a place. But where am I going? I ain't asking you all that, boy. I just want you to be obedient and understand that I'm trying to get you to a new place. And I can't get you to a new place if you're always asking me, well, where are we going? How long the trip going to be? What should I pack? Is it going to be cold? Is it going to be hot? Sound like church folk to me. But when you make up in your mind that I just because I've not seen it, don't mean God's hand ain't in it. He tells Abram, leave where you are and go to a new place. All he tells Abram to do, church, is pack up your belongings, get your wife, bring your children, and go to a place you've never seen before. Can I help you first, African? I know God has been blessing you for 241 years, and this year going to be 241. But can I help you remind you? God ain't done, okay? Your neighbor in the back didn't hear that. Look at him and tap him and say, neighbor, God ain't done. God's got some new stuff. God's got some new ministries. God's got some new visions. And God can't spring fresh manna until all jacked up. Now, this is my third night. I ain't scared of none of y'all in here. Y'all should already know that. Hey, come on. If you, if you think you're going to let me cry, I, I don't preach past all that. 
No, when it's your season to jump, you got to understand that God calls you to do something that don't make no sense. I tell folk all the time when they ask me, Pastor, how do you know if it's God or if it's my ambition? God calls you to be uncomfortable. You want to do stuff that is convenient. God calls you to do something that's going to take some time. You want something overnight. Lord, deliver me from saints who want these microwavable kind of blessings. You think because you come to church and say when praises go up, blessings come down that God's going to drop it in your lap. No. If you want God to bless you, you got to understand God will remix your life. So sometimes God tells us to do stuff without getting your permission. Baby, God don't need your permission and if you don't want to be obedient, God will move your blessed assurance right out of the way. You, you, you do understand what God process means, don't you? God's process means that I act on what God said. Even when I don't know why God is saying it. God's process means that I trust him when I can't trace him. That, that's where faith comes in. And y'all do know what faith is. Faith is not just the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. No, baby. Faith is doing what God said do when you don't want to do it. Do I have any real saints in here that God's ever told you to do some stuff you don't want to do? In fact, let's tell the whole truth. Have you ever been in church, didn't want to go to church? They want to do what God said, but God will say, get yourself out of this bed. Put your clothes on. I've been too good to you for you to sit there. If you're going to jump, understand God's process. But not only must you understand God's process more, but the second thing you got to do, you got to be willing to let go of your past. I didn't think I was getting too many amens right there. That's okay. I'm already in the text. The text says, God tells Abram, Leave where you are and go to a new place that I've never been before. God tells Abram that in order to fulfill your purpose, you're going to have to leave familiar territory. Uh, in order to see what God wants you to do, you're going to have to leave your family and your father's house. Now, please don't misinterpret what God is saying. He's saying he didn't tell, he didn't tell Abram to leave in terms of love. No, here's what he says. God says, I need you to leave in terms of priority. I want you to know that where I'm taking you now is far greater than any place you've ever been. Do I have any witnesses in here that believe that God's got some best stuff for you? That where you are ain't where you're going to end up right now. How would you praise God if you knew that God was ushering you into a new season? How would you worship God if you knew God was preparing you and God prepares you in pressure? He says, I want you to focus on where you are right now. I know it's good back in Haran. But I want you to go to the land of Canaan that's flowing with milk and honey. I, I want you to go to this mountaintop experience. But if you're going to do that, you're going to have to leave every 
other thing behind. You're going to have to leave all of your milestones, all of your awards. And here's what I tell every person that wants to be successful. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, a successful person in ministry, you got to work like you've had no success. Uh, that's why I preach every time it's a, a church full of people. Don't ever get comfortable with where you are. You always ought to want more for what God has for you. Paul puts it this way, forgetting those things which are behind me, I press towards the mark of the high prize which is in Jesus Christ. Listen, church, if you're going to serve the present age, thank God for 241 years. Thank God for all of the pastors and ministries that have been birthed, but don't you get stuck Believe in your own newspaper clippings. Don't you think that your best days are behind you? If you're going to think that we might as well, go ahead and bury you right now. Because anything that did ought to be buried. But when you believe God's got some new stuff for first African, that God's got some new ministries, that I ain't going to take my last breath till my next generation is blessed. My next generation is healed. I, I got to leave my past. Third thing he tells us, not only must you understand God's process, not only must you let go of the past, but I like this, here it is. God tells Abram, you got to let go of some certain people. I need you to look real straight on me right now because I'm probably going to be talking about somebody on your roof. He. I need you to look at me. Just look at me and blink at me. Some of y'all just blink. I understand. I understand we're speaking cold. He, he, he says uh, that if you're going to jump, be willing to let go of some people. I'm going to say it one more time for all the people in the back. He says that if you're going to see a season of jump, everybody can go. If you want God to do a new thing, there's going to be some people you're going to have to say now unto him who is able to keep me from falling. That if you're going to see God do some new stuff, you've got to be willing to say, I love you, but if you're not going in the same direction I'm in, you're working against me. I love you. Ain't nothing personal. It's just I know God's got some new stuff for me and mine. Notice what he says. Because verse 6 says, at the time of God calling Abram, the Bible says in verse 6, look what it says. There were some Canaanites that were in the land. You do know who the Canaanites were, don't you? The Canaanites were those who stood in between where Abram was and between where God wanted to take him. And notice what Abram does in verse 6. Abram makes up in his mind in verse 6. That just because it looks like they're standing in my way, I'm not going to let people block me from what I know God has for me. I'm going to come back and get you. He says, wait a minute. I can love you and leave you at the same doggone time. I can worship with you, but that don't mean that you're going to hinder what God has for me. Uh, listen, church. Love everybody that's a member of First African Church. But there are some folk that can't get on the ship. I'm going to say it one more time. L love everybody. But there are some people that are not going to go. Some folk just ain't getting in the boat. 
Because we've got more people that have to see it instead of believing what God said. You, you, and you can always tell folk who are, I got to see it before I do it. Because those are the people who sit silently on the sidelines and critique who's in the game. But when you are on the same team, you don't care if you're the quarterback, the running back. You don't even care if you're the water boy. All you want to do is see the whole doggone team win. Because you understand life is not about me. Life does not rise and win with me. That if the team don't win, we don't win. So, so, so he says, leave them in hurrah. Don't pressure them to go. Don't try to force them to go. Say it was good. But that's it. May the Lord bless and keep you. I want you to hear me very clearly. For some of us, success in this next season is going to require you to check your circle. I learned something a long time ago. Everybody that's in my corner ain't on my team. Everyone that smiles in my face does not mean me any good. Everyone that hugs my back has a knife in my back too. And there, there are some people that will smile and it's just as cantankerous. So he says, Abram, here's what I need you to do. Check your circle. Because just because they in the ship, don't mean they're rowing in your same direction. Just because they show up on Sunday morning don't mean we've got the same agenda. Just because they're in your ministry don't mean we've got the same mission. Here's how you can tell if they're rowing in your same direction or if they've got different ulterior motives. If they're always willing to say stuff like, we've never done it this way before. God calls us to be uncomfortable. And if we're going to jump, we're going to have to let go of some certain people. Um, make sure that whoever's in your boat is consistent with the direction and journey you're trying to get in. Um, my mama said something to me as a child. It didn't make sense then, but it makes sense now. She would say stuff like, baby, birds of a feather... Some of y'all knew my mama then, huh? She, uh, 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 she, she, she would say stuff, not, not just like birds of a feather flock together. She would say, baby, everything that glitter. Now, wait a minute. Y'all know too much about my mama. Uh, <laughs> uh, she, 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 she would say, baby, just because they smile in your face. Come on, now wait a minute now. Y'all know it too much now. Just because they smile in your face don't mean you. And that's what God tells Abram. He says, the people in Haran are not bad people. They just can't go with where I'm getting ready to take you. It's not personal. I just want you to understand that where I'm taking you, everybody can go. I'm closing with this. Look at the text, because verse 7 and 8 says these words. That on three occasions, Abram praises God. Wait a minute. Verse 7, he builds an altar. Goes somewhere else, and he builds an altar. Wait, wait a minute. Okay. He, he, he leaves where he is. Gets to the first stop, 
and builds an altar. He begins to praise God. Pastor Ellis, where is he? He is not in the promised land yet. He is right there smack dab in the middle of the journey and Abram makes up in his mind, I'm not going to wait until I see the promised land to give God praise. He makes up in his mind, I'm going to have what we call a premeditated worship. Now, brothers and sisters, I need all of you all who will be real and say that I watch more than just TBN and the Word Network. I need some people who watch stuff like Snap and, and Criminal Minds and NCIS and, and life. Come on. Ooh, I need some real folk. In that. I need some unsolved mysteries. Now, those of you who watch Snap, uh, uh, Pastor Tillman, please walk me to my car because uh, you got to be sure enough crazy uh, to watch Snap. That's all I'm saying. First lady, please make sure I get to where I need to get to. Uh, um, uh, my wife watched Snap and that's probably why I see with one eye open because uh, I don't know how it's going to go down. I'm just all I'm saying. Uh, and brothers and sisters, don't miss this. Uh, don't miss this. If you ever watched a show called uh, Criminal Minds or, or NCIS or snapped. One of the things that they always interview the killer or first 48, they always ask you after they've killed them. They said, they present the evidence and said, based upon the evidence, it looks like this was premeditated murder. Uh, that You do know what premeditated murder means. It means that they devised a plan. They knew what they were going to do. There was no mad ifs and buts about it. And that's what Abram does in Genesis chapter 12. Abram says that if I'm going to jump, I'm not going to wait until things get better for me to jump. I'm going to build God an altar right here in verse 7. He makes up in his mind some of y'all ain't got it yet. He says in the first pit stop of my life I'm going to give God praise. I'm not going to wait until things get better. I'm not going to wait until the money is in the money. I'm not going to wait until my child and grandchild is saved. I'm not going to wait until everybody's doing ministry. No, I'm going to take the faith that I got and do what I came to do with the faithful few. Can I put this in the cereal bowl since I'm stirring the pot? It don't take a whole lot of people do a whole lot of nothing. It just takes the right kind of people with the right kind of mindset to see God do some stuff. I got to get on out of here, brothers and sisters. But Pastor Robertson, the Bible says in verse 7 that on three occasions, Abram praised God even before he gets to the promised land. Don't miss it. And the reason Abram could praise God in advance is because Abram had a track record with God. See, I had us read Genesis chapter 12, but you didn't understand that the same God that was with Abram in Genesis chapter 12 uh, was with him in Genesis chapter 11 that was with him in Genesis chapter 10 that was with him in Genesis chapter 9 that was with him in Genesis chapter 8 what are you saying pastor? I'm saying that when you're in a season to where there is fog can't see your way, it don't make no sense the same God that was with you when things were crystal clear is the same God that's with you when it don't make no sense I gotta get on out of here brothers and sisters but you ought to declare that in 2019 it's gonna be the season that I make up in my mind I'm going to do the doggone thing and jump. I'm not going to wait till everybody pat me on the back. I'm not going to wait till I get 100% of support because you'll never get 100%. But here's what you got to make up in your mind. That if my neighbor ain't going to jump, I'm still jumping. That if my neighbor ain't going to move, I'm still moving. Because God's got something in store for me. I got to get on out of here. But can I ask all a question in here? Thank you for having me. For three nights on night number one, I said I want you just to keep on going. And when you keep on going on last night, I said, what happens when the church goes all in? Now, 
that's because the church has went all in. What does it look when the church gets to one page? It means that we all do the same thing and the same rhythm and the same motion. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that if you're going to see the city of Savannah change around, if you're going to see the church community get back together, somebody got to make up in your mind, y'all, we got to jump. If we don't jump, we will never jump. We're down right here on the banks. But I want to know, do I have anybody in here that can say, Pastor, I'm going through too much not to jump. I, if I stay where I am, I'm going to die in Haran. If I go back to where I am, I'm going to lose my mind. So well, I might as well just go ahead and step out on faith and jump into my destiny. I got to get on out of here. But I wonder, is there anybody in here that's made up in their mind? I'm going to be like Abram and begin to give God praise. I'm not going to wait until things get better. I'm not going to wait until I get in the promised land, Kevin. But right while I'm in the middle of where I am, I'm going to give God glory. What are you trying to say, Pastor Ellis? I'm trying to say that when one door closes, don't sit there and pout your lips. Learn how to praise God in the hallway. Do I have anybody in here that says, Pastor, I ain't seen it yet. I've not seen things get better. I've not seen things turn around. But I'm not going to wait till the battle is over. I'm going to jump right now. i got to get on early here. But brothers and sisters, I do more than just pastor and preach. I'm also in hospice chaplain. And before I came up to Milwaukee, I was on call one night. I got a call downtown Milwaukee that a 32-year-old mother who had three single kids, one was age six, one was age nine, and then she had an 18-month-year-old. They said, Jarvis, we want you to come down because she has called it three times, and they don't think she's going to get better. I made my way to my car, got in the car, and went downtown Milwaukee. By the time I get to the house, y'all, there's police tape everywhere. There's EMTs everywhere. I got baby and real out there cussing in the front yard. I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. I began to say, they said, Pastor, there she is. She didn't make it before you get here. And then I began to come in the room and comfort the family. She had a mother that was about 65 years old. She said, Reverend, we're about to call the funeral home. But they told us that you are on your way. And all we want to do, we know she's gone now. But all they want to do is we want you to do a blessing over my child. I began to get out my Bible. I began to read John 14, where Jesus meets with the disciples for the very last time. Jesus says these words, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I now got to leave and go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, then one of these days I'm going to receive you under myself. Then I told the family, let's grab hands and let's begin to pray. Oh, while I'm praying, the six-year-old was holding my leg. It was uncomfortable. I said, what is he 
through it. I begin saying, Our Father, which are in heaven. And the six-year-old kept saying, Pete the cat. He kept saying, Pete the cat. He kept saying, Pete the cat. I begin to say, Something wrong with him. The grandmother after me said, Amen. I said, Excuse me, Mama. I said, What was that baby saying? She said, I don't know what he was saying. Ask him to come here. I said, Come here, young man. What were you saying? He said, Pete the cat. He said, Mama is gone. But Pete the cat. He says, Mama has left me. But Pete the cat. He said, God told my mama. I want my mama with her. And he said, Pete the cat. I hugged him and said, Baby, I don't know what it's like to lose a mama. But I know what it's like to lose a father. And all I came to tell you, God will take care of you. He had tears rolling down his eyes. I couldn't really minister to him. He just kept saying, Pete the cat. I finished up with the officers. I said bye to the EMTs. Flora home came and picked up the body. I got in my truck that night. It was about 1.30 in the morning. I began to put in Google. And it came out, Pete the cat. Then there was an animated video that came on to Pete the cat. I began to hit play well. And first lady Tillman, here's what the video said. It was an animated cat. And then there was a narrator that said, Pete the cat had some red shoes. He stepped in some blueberries. And his shoes turned blue. Then Pete the cat get mad. Heavens no. He just changed the name of his song from I love my red shoes to I love my blue shoes. I kept on watching the video, Kevin. It said Pete the cat stepped in some brown water. And his shoes turned from blue to straight out brown. Then Pete the cat get mad, y'all. Heavens no. He just changed the name of his song from I love my blue shoes to I love my brown shoes. Pete the cat stepped in some water and his shoes became wet. Then Pete the cat get mad. Heavens no. He just changed the name of his song from I love my brown shoes to I love my white wet shoes. That was the end of the video. Then the same narrator that came on in the beginning popped up with a message at the end and said the story of this message, the main meat of this message is whatever you step in, don't let it steal your song. Do I have anybody in here that stepped in some stuff, stepped in some depression, stepped in some heartache, but you got a song that you can still sing. Where all my singers at in here? Ain't, you ain't got to be an alto. Ain't got to be a soprano. Ain't got to be a baritone. Ain't got to be a tenor. But there's a song in your spirit. I don't know what your song is, but my song is, this is my song. This is my story. I'm praising the Lord all the way long. Maybe that ain't your song, but one of my songs is, I am redeemed, bought with a price. Jesus has changed my whole life. I got one more song. If anybody should ever write my life story, please tell them Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Where all my Jesus people that can say, Pastor, I got a song. What is your song? Weeping may endure for night. Joy 
comes in the morning we're standing we're standing everybody's standing whatever you step in don't let it steal your soul life has a way of letting you step in some stuff that's unexpected you're going to step in some depression you're going to step in some stuff that don't make no sense you'll step in some cancer some sickness some fat but whatever you step in don't you dare let it steal your soul the devil wants to keep you quiet and shut your mouth up because the devil knows that your mouth has power Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. J James says in James chapter 4 that the mouth is the smallest part on the body but yet it has the biggest part because your mouth can get you in trouble. My granddaddy would say son sometimes your mouth can write you a check. If you don't hear nothing else I said, make up in your mind. We will no longer do church as usual. Uh, churches are dying, not just in Savannah, but in every part of this country. Has nothing to do with the preacher. Has nothing to do with minute. It's the fact that we are coming to church hearing words becoming fat but we're not taking it out to the community God has called us to be fat faithful accountable and teachable part of the problem is we minister to folk who already say stop preaching to folk who know Jesus but pastor my son ain't in church he, just because he ain't in church don't mean he don't know speak to somebody who ain't never heard my mother was telling me, Pastor, will you pray for my son? I pray for him. You can come by the house? No. Why? Because they get enough of your sermons every day. I don't need mine. You preaching to them, nagging them. But the Bible says, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. You know what God is saying? When you hear me speaking to you, don't ignore me. And maybe there's someone tonight in First African. Maybe there's someone that you're visiting. Someone invited you to this week of empowerment. And God has been speaking to you all night long. He's been, he's been talking to you. And even if you don't understand everything about this message, you know God is he's doing something with me. And I don't want to miss it. You do know that it's possible to be in the house and still be lost. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Father, I pray now. Every bowed down head. God, every humbled heart. You know what we are going through. God, you know where we are in the season of our lives. For some of us, it's hard. We've never been here before. We're being stretched in ways we never thought we would be in. You're calling us to do something different. 
I pray now, God, if there's someone in this house that is not saved, they've never given you their life. They've never said, I'm tired of trying to fix it all by myself. God, I need Jesus to help me with this. Father, my prayer tonight, touch them right now. Let them know, God, that they're in a room full of people who love them. We've been exactly where they are. We've been messed up. We've been confused. We didn't know which way we were going. But the same God that loved the perfect people loves imperfect people. And there's no one in here that's without sin. For we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Which means that on our best day we still jacked up. Father, I pray touch their hearts now. If they're hearing the gospel but they want to give their touch them. Touch them. In fact, if you're hearing this message, you know I'm talking to you. Slip your hand up right now. Don't, don't let anybody stop you from being who God. If you're not saved, you've never given the Lord your life, just, just slip your hand up. We're not going to embarrass you, but we just want to pray with you. If that's you, if that's you, just slip your hand up. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Secondly, you've given the Lord your life, but you need a church home. If you say that you love Jesus and trust God but don't have a church home, it's a contradiction. It's just like having a car in a garage with no gas. As pretty as it looks, it's going nowhere. You need people that's going to pray for you and help you get to your next stop, your next destination. And there's no one in church that's perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect church because everybody in the church got problems. Everybody in the church got sin. But you want to need, you need a church home. You need a covering. If I'm talking to you, you've heard the gospel this week, and you want to unite with this ministry, slip your hand up. First African Pastor Tillman, they would love to have you. They would love to love on you. If that's you, slip your hand up. Third call. Maybe you were a member here one time. Maybe you joined this church at one time, but for whatever reason, life broke the fellowship. You stopped coming. Maybe something happened in your family life. Maybe someone said something to you. But God is so much in love with you that he is waiting to welcome you back home. We don't need to know why you left. We just want to know that we're here to welcome you back. And if that's you, would you slip your hand up? Amen. I see you. I see you. Slip your hand up. Keep it remaining. Keep it remaining. Keep it remaining. There's no such thing as a perfect church. I see you, I see you. There's still someone in here that's not saved. I can, I, I can feel it in my spirit. You know I'm talking to you. Don't wait till you get your stuff together. You'll never get it together. Be somewhere where God can work on you. If I'm talking to you, you know I'm talking to you. Slip your hand up. 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 Amen sister that's ready to come back home that's come so pastor and first lady can receive you remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website firstafricanbc.com you may also contribute through an app called Givelify G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.